You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of ST Times. And now, here's Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of ST Times. Hello, everyone. That's right. You heard it. I am Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of ST Times. So today's topic is no-code, low-code orchestration for software delivery. With me is Chandra Raghunathan. He's the co-founder and CEO of Opsera, which is a continuous orchestration platform for next-generation DevOps. Chandra, nice to see you. David, nice to see you as well. Thank you for having me here today. My pleasure. Okay, so uh, you know we're talking about no-code, low-code orchestration. Uh, so let's start with the uh, important question of uh, you know why and how is no-code relevant uh, in today's development world? Companies are increasing their pace of digital transformation. More and more enterprises are going to multi-cloud, multi-SaaS ecosystems. Um, there's uh, a plethora of tools, uh, developer tools being used, uh, driven by innovation. And uh, in general, the environment has just become more complex uh, with the multi-tool, multi-cloud uh, ecosystem. And a lot of companies are also going uh, from legacy to cloud-aware applications, right? So they have to engineer what they have today to make them work in such multi-cloud ecosystems. And, in and that has resulted in a complexity that most enterprises are just not able to handle themselves. Uh, there is also a skill demand gap. Um, you know, it's very difficult for companies to find you know, talented developers, engineers, DevOps engineers, there, uh, you know, 90% of talent goes to, you know, 10-20% of companies. And uh, that also adds to the problem um, of addressing this complexity. So in such, a, in such an environment, uh, no-code or low-code platforms become key uh, so that companies can find, you know, fast, secure, cost-effective ways of, of delivering uh, you know, software, especially underlying infrastructure platforms, et cetera, so they can focus their uh, core engineers and developers on their core product, you know, that can ultimately focus on their uh, services and applications that make uh, generate revenue for companies. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's fine. I mean, I, I, I think people get the use of low-code and no-code tools for uh, creating uh, some of these uh, kind of applications, but beyond just application development, so where is no code playing any kind of a role in the whole delivery uh, ecosystem of software? Yeah, um, absolutely. So, so no code, when you think about no code, right, you think about um, ways in which developers uh, or even citizen developers, uh, you know, um, who may not have uh, deep knowledge in coding or software development uh, can actually, um, you know, develop and automate works, workflows for you know, building applications or uh, and and you know business applications or services. So the whole uh, workflow creation for application delivery has several components to it, right? Which is starts all the way from you know what cloud are you using, what infrastructure are you going to be provisioning on the clouds, uh, how is your data model going to be developed, what kind of applications are then going to be uh, sitting on top of that. Uh, all of these pieces need to come together. And, uh, and a true no-code platform can enable uh, citizen developers as well to have reusable components that they can you know, put together quickly uh, in order to make all of this work. So a lot of the commodity work that goes behind creating the foundational elements can be made quick and easy uh, so that the focus can be on the core product functionality. 
Um, so I, I can deeper dive into some of the specific layers that might be involved, but think of it as uh, an end-to-end -end process workflow that could be facilitated and enabled by no-code platforms. Mm -hmm. Is this uh, one of those things where we see the differentiation between a low-code solution and a no-code solution, which is being able to have the no-code solution wire things up to a backend and and make sure things are running smoothly and automated, as opposed to low-code, where you might have to you know build those connections yourself. Yeah, that's a great point, David. Um, I think in in general, the lines between no-code and low-code are somewhat blurred. But as you said, um, no-code indicates that you don't really have to write any code and you know visual editors uh, can enable you to click and configure uh, you know using uh, reusable components or you know somewhat of you know a lego based approach uh, to build these pieces together without having to write any code uh, but there could also be applications or functions where you you know cannot abstract everything completely right or there might be specific uh, business specific functionality or application specific functionality or some kind of customization that might be needed where you may have to have some code right so basically you might abstract away all of the general um, you know commoditized for pieces uh, and then just focus on writing code or linking to apis like you suggested for those custom components uh, so it's more application business specific where i think uh, low code can be uh, you know, built on top of the code, no code functionality. But in general, the lines are somewhat blurred. But, um, you know, low code platforms would typically support no code uh, and provide some flexibility for, for developers to extend, uh, extend certain functions. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll tell you, one of the things that I've noticed about uh, low code and no code solutions is that they're, you know, once developers got over the fear of losing their jobs, uh, this has been something that's come out lately that has been probably more widely embraced than many other things that many other initiatives that we hear about. Uh, what, what do you see as the role of like the pandemic and the great resignation that everybody talks about? You know, are those having any kind of an effect on how many organizations are now looking into no code and low code solutions? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you suggested, um, you know, it's not about these platforms taking away the work of developers it's about enabling the developers to do things that are more value adding to the business right so you focus uh, not a whole lot of building the underlying tools and and tool chains and pipelines and infrastructure which are uh, more of the foundational commoditized elements you want those to be done quickly so you can focus on in the areas that add more value um, and that's where uh, these kind of platforms help, you know, with agility, with cost effectiveness, increasing developer productivity, etc. Uh, and as far as the pandemic, I mean, everyone, uh, most most teams work remotely now, and there's the great resignation. There's a huge, um, you know, talent supply demand gap, um, where such platforms have become uh, important not just to provision infrastructure, tool chains, or applications, but also to enable visibility across uh, an ecosystem that is now. Now has diverse tool chains, diverse you know uh, applications across multi-cloud, multi-region. So you need platforms like this that can enable both um, software delivery velocity as well as visibility and governance. Uh, so in that sense, um, uh, these are really value-adding and can enable developers to become more productive and do things that you know keep them more happy and uh, um, you know uh, adding much more value to the business. Sure. 
So, all right. So let's say I'm a company that says, yes, I heard about this uh, low code, no code craze, and I want to get involved. So I need a platform. Uh, so what, what kind of decisions go into determining what kind of uh, approach, whether it's low code, no code, uh, and from which vendor, uh, you know, what are some of the things I might have to be thinking about before I uh, pull the trigger on something? Yeah, just like just like any other major initiative, you know, for digital transformation, uh, as much as it may sound cliched, uh, you have to you have to look at the people, process, technology aspects, right? So you first of all, I think uh, in in implementations that we have been part of, uh, even with with Opsera, uh, the first thing is to have a champion who can drive that effort uh, within the team, right? To assign uh, ownership and uh, you know championship with with someone who who knows what the scope is, what the goals are, you know, what the measurements are, the outcomes, et cetera, and, and, who, the, and who can then work with the stakeholders uh, to establish the right use cases uh, and the right plan, right? especially with the scope, budget, et cetera. So we've seen where there is a proper champion who's empowered. Uh, these initiatives can really uh, you know, take, take shape and you know, be executed very, very effectively and fast. Uh, certainly, you have to identify the right applications and use cases that can um, that can map to such low code efforts um, you know depending on whether it's a legacy application you're looking to re-engineer or whether it's a new application uh, you know it depends on the nature of the application and whether it subscribes to this model um, and and that might be a quick early adopter uh, type of a use case uh, and then we also have to make sure that the technology stack um, also aligns because if it's an application that's built with a whole bunch of custom components um, versus an application that can leverage, uh, you know, best of breed tools, uh, you might want to use some of the latter type of applications to as initial use cases, right? So essentially, it comes down to people uh, with a champion uh, with the with the right process uh, in terms of the workflows. You know, what are all these steps? Who are all the stakeholders involved uh, in the workflows uh, and the, and the right technology stacks? Uh, to be able to identify and execute the right use cases. And then there is also the aspect of change management, right? I mean, it's all uh, culture also comes into play, uh, setting the expectations of how things are done today, how they're going to be done in the future, having the right documentation, training, uh, enabling them to transition from you know, the before and after scenario, uh, all would be important uh, success criteria for something like this to be successful. All right, so so let's talk about Opsera for a second. Your continuous orchestration platform for next generation DevOps. Uh, how does that play with a no code, low code? Is that part of the um, platform that's built in, or maybe tell me a little bit about how Opsera is approaching this whole low code, no code uh, initiative? Absolutely. Um, as you mentioned earlier uh, on the call, Opsera is a DevOps orchestration platform uh, that whose vision is to enable. Uh, developers to deliver any software uh, across, faster, safer, and smarter. So today, when you look at software delivery ecosystem, uh, when you when you have to take something from code to cloud or idea to production, there are a lot of steps involved in the process. Right? So there is, uh, you know, developers writing their code. You, you then have to build and merge and integrate that code, uh, do security testing for that, uh, you know, do quality tests for it, and then you deploy it right to some cloud or the appropriate destination. Uh, in between, you may have to put in compliance gates, approval gates. Uh, you may have to put in notifications uh, using different technologies um, like Slack or, or Teams or whatnot. Uh, and also, uh, you know, track issue, uh, have integration to issue tracking systems, right? Where 
you, you track how the stories are written and how they are all tracked for those releases. So essentially, in each of these steps, multiple tools are involved, right? You just if you just take build or deploy, for example, there are many best of breed solutions in the market, and and as enterprises grow, you typically find that different platforms or applications may need uh, you know different tools to be used. Um, stitching all these tools together is a, is a very complex activity, right? You have to write a lot of integration scripts, glue code to make all of them work. You have to integrate security and quality proactively into the system. And when you have a complex ecosystem like this, how do you get visibility as well, right? Who's using what tool? Are you getting the right metrics to track compliance, security, productivity, et cetera? So this is where no code uh, becomes easy. So Upsera uh, is a SaaS platform. It's a single tenant SaaS platform that enables the orchestration of tools, pipelines, and insights uh, without writing any code uh, by maximizing choice and, uh, and automation. Right? So we essentially uh, provide a catalog of the best of breed CI/CD tools that we allow customers to bring their own tools. Uh, they can even bring their own scripts and parameters if needed. Uh, and we can provision those tools in a matter of minutes. And we allow you to build pipelines without writing any code uh, for a variety of use cases that can span product DevOps and IT DevOps. So you can you can create pipelines for SDLC, for product delivery, for infrastructure automation, uh, and also for SaaS applications like uh, Salesforce and Snowflake. Right. So these are use cases that you can achieve uh, using a single platform. And then we also provide a rich uh, set of unified insights on top of that, where you can see real-time logs through a single console. Uh, you can get information for audit and compliance. Uh, and, and you have uh, 100 plus KPIs uh, that provide actionable intelligence uh, across the DevOps ecosystem. So, so essentially, we make that whole process uh, very easy. So developers don't have to worry about doing all of this themselves. They can focus on writing their code uh, and making money for the company. All right, Chandra Ranganathan, thank you so much for being here today. Appreciate your time. Thank you, David. Thank you for having me. It was a great uh, uh, discussion here with you. Yeah, and uh, to our listeners, if you want to learn more about Upsera, you can visit them at the Low Code, No Code Developer Day uh, coming up on April 13th. Uh, if you want to register, you can go to the events tab on the sdtimes.com homepage and find the uh, Low Code event and register uh, to learn more from Upsera and some of the other companies that will be displaying their wares, so to speak, uh, at that event. Uh, so until next time, again, I'm Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of SD Times. So long for now. <laughs>